episode 18. I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Welcome to Enemy fans. I'm Asus, the man on the other side of the mic is EC. What's going on, Asus? Good to see you again, brother. Hey, EC, um, just, uh, we have a special episode today, guys. We have... Um, I know we always uh, end our pod uh, thanking people that have helped us uh, helped us along the way on adding this pod. I mean, um, creating this podcast. Uh, we have, uh, and one of them we we have a special. Uh, I guess uh, we're able to get on today's show. Uh, Ro from the Ro Knows Podcast is uh, is is joining us today for a special edition of. Actually, it's the review of what is what was and what is the phenomenon of the Last Dance. Hey, Royal. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, we're here. I mean, we're trying to survive like everybody else, but uh, you know, we have a uh, you know we have this podcast, and uh, I mean, what can we do? Yeah, man. That's that's what we all that's what we all can do, right? <laughs> that's all we can do. Hey, uh, Royal. Uh, you know, just tell us a little little little. Uh, can talk today. Tell us a little bit it's about yourself, um, and tell us a little, little about the Ronos podcast. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I've been doing a podcast on and off for almost five years. Uh, started out doing it with a co-host that we called it the Pick and Roll, which was a play on the Pick and Roll. Uh, we were both basketball fans, and we tried to dive into other things. Uh, from lived in Texas all my life. I've known you for what almost twenty-five years now. Uh, but yeah, just podcasting with the Ronos now what we do what I do is uh just talk to talk to comedians some some entrepreneur some people who are involved in the political realm to a certain extent uh had a couple of professional wrestlers on the show had some NBA coaches and just really like to hear stories man and just kind of BS and talk I've never really gotten heated with anybody on my show I just try to laugh and have a good time with them and get to know them and it's about maybe 104 or five episodes, I think. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, for for those of y'all out there, um, like like Royal said, uh, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, since what middle school, I think, what William Adams, dude, uh, yeah, like 1995 or something. If uh, anybody can believe out there, yes, uh, I actually played basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I he was, was. He was our enforcer. <laughs> and we'll get into that, especially when when we, we start talking about the last dance. Um, we'll yeah. get into that. Uh, but yes, I was five foot nine. I played basketball. Um, you know, JV or not JV. Um, middle school, and then obviously uh, freshman year. Unfortunately, like Michael Jordan, I got cut my sophomore year, and um, well, you know, I I didn't actually pursue it after that. You know, I have, think there's a, a general bias against the coach at the time, but you know, that's just uh, that's just ill, you know, ill feelings that I have uh, that would could have been my uh, my illustrious basketball career. <laughs> um, but like I said, uh, we you know we went to high school together. Uh, and during that time, obviously, you know, we had the affinity of, 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 of what, you know, loving the bulls, right? Royal, 
And well, was, well, <laughs> uh, you were the Bulls fan. I kind of was like everyone else. I mean, I appreciated Jordan, but uh, I was always kind of like, who can beat him this year? Who can beat him this year? You're a hater. You're a hater. I'm not a hater, man. I, I, you know, I think I was just young and, and just like, hey, I want to see Charles Barkley win one. Well, he's not going to win one. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't, I hate Carl Malone, but I mean, maybe he can win. But yeah, Jordan, Jordan dominated our. Our high school years, childhood, so basically. to speak. Um, yeah. So, what are you? I mean, obviously, we you know it's a ten part series, um, right? For the past five weeks, um, what, what I mean, watching the full series, what do you think? What's what do you get out of it? I mean, what is the ultimate? I mean, what, what did it do for you, basically? Well, it confirmed a lot of things. Like, I, I mean, I always thought he was just driven, which is good. You know, you got to be driven to to be successful. And, you know, he expected the most out of everybody. That was true. Now, of course, as years have gone by, you hear different things because in today's league, it's much different than what the 90s were. And even, man, it's like a, a lifetime ago when you compare it to the 80s. But the one thing that I, you know, reading articles and stuff and some years later, you know, like, like five or six years ago, that article came out about Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan getting into a fight. And you're like, man, that's crazy. Like, how did that happen? And then like, okay, you're hearing different, you're reading your different stories, you're hearing different stories. And then you, you hear that he's kind of like a dickhead. Can I say that? Can we say bad words on the show? Can say bad words. We drink on the show. I mean, I, we don't, I mean, I've toned it down because as, as easy probably could um, attest to my, um, our earlier pods, you see, right? Uh, I had a potty mouth. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's all right. Yeah, go for yourself, bro. Okay, okay. So, you know, you, you find out he's like an asshole. You're like, okay, that's uh, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean, again, he had this image. And then back then, you know, we didn't have social media. So all you got were like these sports center highlights, interviews, and you, you got this – this guy, and you're like, yep, that's the that's her, that's the greatest basketball player of all time, whatever. And now with social media and people leaking shit out all the time now, and like players care more about what they tweet or people getting butthurt, getting called getting called cupcakes and things like that. I mean, uh, yeah, he was just, I mean, he was an asshole, but you know, most successful people are assholes, so I can kind of understand. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's, you could say it's a catch twenty two to a certain degree. As in what? Uh, what do you mean the catch twenty two? Just you know, like image. damn if you do, it, damn if you don't. Look, if he's a dickhead, he's a dickhead. But you know what? He's got six championships. He's the fourth highest uh, point total leader of all time. I mean, it's it's a good story. I think it. I think it told a great story. I would have liked to have heard more about why Horace Grant was being a turd about some of those things, about some of the stuff that's, that's come out. I think they portrayed Pippen in a little bit of a, you know, a, you know like a wuss. But, you know, I thought it was good overall. I think uh, for me, it, it took me, you know, <laughs> a walk down memory lane, obviously, right? I mean, right, of course. We, we can, you know, we could say where, 
you know where we were when I watched the or when I was when I watched the um, the final when they played the Lakers, right? When they had the the Marv Albert, you know Marv Albert say what uh, was spectacular move when he switched hands. Yeah. Um, hell, I, I can I still remember. And I hope my wife is not going to listen, but I still remember when he pushed when he gently nudged Brian Russell. Um, out of the way and hit, and hit the, the game winner game seven you know I was I, I was at a house off of the corner of um, Highland and Rose watching their match right. watching the game um, yeah so it just you know it, it, it took a while you know like again it, it, I had a walk down memory lane and but yet it revealed a lot of things that I I just maybe had forgotten or maybe just didn't remember I didn't remember um you know the things about uh, uh, the. You know the, I didn't remember the Jordan Rules book. I really didn't. You know because that you know came out. Yeah. You know that came out. I was still. We think we're still probably in, in. Uh, probably elementary. Elementaryish. Yeah. You know. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't know about a, a book like that. I mean, I had. I mean, I had the Rare Air book. I mean, I had the Jordan VHS uh, that they put out. Um, but I can remember vividly where I was in elementary. When I heard about the gambling and I heard about the uh, the gambling investigation, and obviously the, that which led to I'm not saying that they they, 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 they they coexist with each other, but which led to um, you know after that the death of his father. I remember that right. specifically, uh, and a lot of this you know what it is you know obviously uh, people you know people in um, talking heads out there they're, they're you know they're saying that this is more of an autobiography rather than a uh, documentary of Michael Jordan, um, right? Because, you know, people are coming out like you just talked about. Horace Grant has come out, you know, basically called bullshit on a lot of things that that have a lot of things that were portrayed in 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 the series. Pippen as right. well. P- Pippen as well has come out and say, uh, I don't, he's come out and, and basically, you know, also not called bullshit, but you know, pissed off because a lot of things have gotten out there. Um, right. But then you have also you have like B.J. Armstrong, you have Steve Kerr still coming out and pretty much reaffirming a lot of things that were going on. Um, so let's get back to that. Let's get back to let's probably let's try to do this in chrono- chronological order somewhat of yeah. of of the series. Uh, I know EC and I first talked about and, and EC you can pick up and any and you can interject anytime um, about the the start of what, you know, the drive of what Michael Jordan was, right? Since the beginning, since, you know, since he got cut from that, from his basketball team to North Carolina, to the beginning of, of, of Chicago, in Chicago, and then also going through what the, you know, the, the, the trials that he had with the Pistons um, and to overcome the Pistons. And then obviously we had the, the three and three, the three and three championships. What it would could have been eight championships if he hadn't retired. Uh, sorry, Rockets fans, you wouldn't have not won. Yeah, you would totally. not they would not have won. They would not have won. Back. Um, but uh, what? Okay, let's get you know one of the major things. Okay, we talked about Horace Grant. What I mean, do you feel Horace Grant is justified on on what he's no. what, what he's talking about, or I, I or think. To me, he came across like a, like a little bitch. <laughs> like, I mean, just somebody leaked that shit out. And what I don't like, and I was just talking about this with, with a couple of friends I work with because we have like a group chat, was I don't like how he lies. He's lying about saying he was disgruntled. 
Like the dude was totally disgruntled. He was frustrated. That's why he left. He went to Orlando because he wanted to win more. And I mean, I don't, I mean, that's a good opportunity. But what I'm saying is, is that he, he denies being frustrated, but clearly was felt underutilized. I was, I have Jordan's book that he put out around 2000, I think is or 99. And he talks about how after they won the second championship, they went to Barcelona and they were in the Olympics and they were, and they, they literally went from winning the championship straight to the Olympics. And he's talking about how him and Pip were just exhausted. So Phil was like, okay, well, you're not going to practice all that much. You guys got to rest. And Grant wanted that special treatment because he said, well, I'm a, I'm a star too. But it had nothing to do with him being a star. It was about those two guys coming off an Olympics, you know, straight from the 92 campaign. And you're like, I don't know, man. I, I think I think Horace Grant is not justified. I think he's just being a little, little petty. But, you know, some people are saying that Jordan comes across petty on certain things. But, I mean, that's not what really? we're talking about right now. But I'm just saying Grant looks a little petty in some aspect, to, to some degree about yeah. complaining. I heard about Horace's uh, his comments. I mean, it's it's difficult. I mean, those he was there, he he played, and he was always going to be third fiddle to those two. So I I, I don't know uh, what he was looking for, or what he thought was going to happen. But I mean, it, it it is a documentary. At the same time, it is entertainment, and so um, there are things that you know with uh, with where Jordan's coming from. Um, I've heard a couple of interviews with Horace uh, off to the side besides this documentary. And so I understand, you know, his frustration. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he can only be as great as you can be. And those two guys that were ahead of him, I mean, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot he was going to be able to do, right? So right. He, he, it does come off as, as uh, you know, loose change, if you will. But, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's going to be difficult for you to – if you're saying something against the GOAT – I don't think very many people are going to agree, agree with you anyway. Yeah. So it's tough to, it's tough because I mean, he, he was probably waiting on this, you know, like everybody else was to be honest. And then it comes out and it doesn't really come out having you look the best. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to say what you're going to say. Right. In regards to the Sam Smith, I think the Sam Smith thing, I think pretty much started the, the whole um, argument after, you know, started you know, regarding the, this documentary, right? That, Jordan basically called called Horace Grant out saying it was Horace pretty much that gave Sam Smith all the information when regards to when it comes to the Jordan Rose book. Um, then I think I think I think uh, Horace Grant's rebuttal in, in an interview was like, well, if you think I'm a, you know, basically you think I'm a snitch. I mean, what about you when it came to that, when he had the first interview with the, yeah, the, the first cocaine episode? circus, yeah, the cocaine circus. I mean, is is the pot calling the kettle black when Jordan says something like that, or he's basically just answering a question that was actually directed to him? Or well, what should he have done in, in that circumstance, right? Uh, you know, no, yeah. I have no nothing. I don't any don't know anything about it, or just be truthful and honest to what was going on. See, I think him him being truthful and honest about it was was the right way to go. Um, I, I I really I think those are two different circumstances because. In the 80s, that was pretty much like a general thing, especially because cocaine became such a what did, what did they say in Blood and Blood Out? It's America's cup of coffee. You know, I mean, basically, that's what it was. Our first Blood yeah. and Blood Out reference, guys. 
So I mean, I, I don't think it was ba- I don't think it was bad because the director or whoever is whoever is like talking to him is directing it straight to Jordan, saying, "Was this what was going on? What is Jordan going to say? Nah, that dude, that wasn't going. on. I don't know anything about it." Come on, dude. People know. See, it's it's almost like damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of thing. Because if he denies it, some one of those players comes out. Oh yeah, we were doing it, and he was there. It makes him look bad because he's denying it. But then he admits it, and then he's getting called a snitch. Yeah, he would have looked horrible if he would have said anything other than what he said because that was known all even even in the media, everyone knew what was going on. So he he would have looked horrible. I think it's different when you kind of have a playbook on the inside and you kind of know what play brand and how people are going to run things. If you're in practice and you see what you're doing and you go and say, "Hey, he's going to make this move and make that move." I think that's completely right. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Sam Hodges came out, you know, even though Sam oh, was Craig? Part- Craig Hodges, yeah, right? Craig Hodges, I think, <laughs> came out and, uh, you know, also, you know, you know, talk shit that Jordan, you know, said that. But I agree. I mean, he was asked a direct question. Granted, he didn't have to like, he didn't have to say it in the manner that he said it. Um, right. You know, basically dismissing the fact of that. You know, the the title of the article was the you know the traveling cocaine circus or whatnot. Um, you know, you can say, yeah, there were things there, there were things going on that I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't agree with and I didn't take part of it and I didn't put myself in that situation. I mean, there's tactful things and I, I understand where, um, where, you know, they're, they're talking about, there's a code of the locker room, right? Um, obviously you see, I know you, you play, you know, you know, college ball. Um, uh, I think you, you know, but, uh, you know, in uh, <coughs> Royal and I, you know, play high school ball, but you know, there is. You know, um, some, some, no, I don't know. Like you have to, you mean, there, ha, there is a sense of protecting things that happen in the locker room, right? Keeping them in within the four walls, uh, because then if you lose trust, it, you know, with your teammates and what do you have, right? Yeah, you've got, you got nothing. But I don't, I don't really remember Jordan saying by name. I mean, I think it was just a. A thing you know they were doing you know he just was trying to i in my opinion let everyone know that just wasn't something that he was wanting to do that he was wanting to to be a part of it. and i think interviewing some of those players they kind of agreed that wasn't you know what he was into back then i mean obviously he drinks today but i was determined that it wasn't at, at that time so, I think it's different when you, when it's been, you know, 40 years, 30 years, been, it's different had he been like, you know, our point guard was doing this by name, our, you know, center was doing this by name. If it's just a thing of like, look, the team was doing stuff, they were having parties, we were, we were doing stuff we probably shouldn't have been doing, but, you know, that wasn't my cup of tea. At the end of the day, you're not really throwing shots, you're just saying, look, the culture of the NBA was one where that, you know, people chose to use cocaine and, and, and other things, and that just wasn't something I was, you know, wanting to do, and, and you move on. So I, did, I didn't look at it in a way of him, you know, telling on guys. I think he was just kind of painting a picture, telling the narrative of what the NBA was like in the early 80s. It's similar to what yeah. it was a George Brett. I can't remember who the baseball player was. Uh, saying that there's a, what, a bowl of uppers basically in the in the in the in the in the locker room in the clubhouse, yeah. right? It's something similar yeah. to. Is that what you're trying to say? Like it's similar to yeah. just describing no, the culture. No, no, baseball. If you look it up, green greenies greenies, I believe is what they were called. You know, guys used to take those and they would keep people awake. I mean, you're playing double headers. Guys 
guys might go out and have a drink or two or who knows what else they may have. And so, you know, an upper or a greenie um, would keep it. There's a there's a gentleman in Oklahoma um, who played baseball. He does radio now. And he talks about greenies being something that was readily available just in the locker room. So, you know, it's it's not something you could do now. But back in the day, in the early 80s, that was kind of the thing to do. So, you know, I, I don't look at it again. I, I don't look at it as as uh, snitching or however you want to label it. Um, it, that part's different. I think once you get into, you know, it, let's say I transferred from one college to the next and I played, um, you know, receiver. So if I went up against a DB and I got to my new team and I told all the receivers, hey, this is what he likes to do. This is how he likes to do it. I think at that part you're going in and, and you're kind of giving away some inside uh, information that that otherwise wouldn't have, you would have never been privy to. So I think it's a huge difference. In a, in, and so I think Horace. And, you know, when you look bad, you got to come out, you got to say something. Because if you don't say something, then everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what? He is this, he is that. So right now, people are kind of up in the air and they don't really know. So I think it was important for him in his own behalf to come out and at least say something. Not that he's right, but he had to do something. As a man, he had to say something. I guess we both all can agree that this is not a Nick Young um What's his name? That, uh, that, that Swaggy dude, P. Swaggy P. The Swaggy who, P. Who, uh, who who recorded him? That uh, DeAndre uh, DeAndre DeAndre Russell, right? Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can yeah, all we, we, yeah. we can all assume that it's not something like that. But you know, um, I I I do I I feel bad for Horace in in that sense that you know he got called out like uh, like he did. But then you start um, then you start delving a little bit more into the documentary. And I was I was really a big Horace Grant fan when I was younger. I thought, you know, when they got rid of him, I was pissed. Uh, and then, obviously, he goes to the to the to the uh, Magic. They beat the Bulls, and then they go to the final, right? <laughs> and then, uh, I just you know, it was like pouring salt in the wound. Uh, but right. you know, getting, you know, seeing the way Horace would act, I don't. And you're right, you know, him trying to be a superstar amongst. Um, you know Jordan Pippen, and, and I think we'll get into probably a debate on whether Pippen was really a superstar. Um, him trying to be at that echelon, uh, the guy, right. only, what he only made one All Star team in, in in his whole career. Is that correct? If I, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. I mean, obviously, you could say that. Um, yes, when they lost him, and then he went to the Magic. That uh, then we got Rodman. The the next year was Rodman an upgrade? On the defensive yeah. side and rebounding side, obviously he is. So yeah. I think Horace Grant needs to. I hate to say, I hate to say a grown man older than me. Uh, he needs to understand his position uh, in that hierarchy of that team, and um, he need you know don't don't sound like a a jilted lover. You know what I mean? That that Mike's not giving you you the love. Um, getting to the other person who has uh, some um, some reservation about what has come out, Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. And you said something about the Royal, that uh, the document, documentary made Pippen look like a pussy. Uh, or a yeah, bitch, he did. A bitch, or I forgot what you said. And a wuss. A wuss, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Mother, I'm nah, sorry. Nah, I, a mother. <laughs> mother, mother, sorry, I, I said those words. Royal made no, me. No, you're good. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I, I've never been, okay, I know I'm probably going to be a lot of people pissed off at me. I was never in the same – okay, let me let me frame this first, and, and I'm going to let you know. When people say Michael Jordan's the greatest player, 
everybody says, you know, well, he had Scotty. That's why he was great. And because when you talk about LeBron going to the Heat, you know, he needed D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and then there's always the rebuttal. Well, Michael Jordan had, you know, Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, B.J. Armstrong, John Paxton, and, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I've never, right. I've never been, I've never been the one to say Scotty Pippen, even at the time uh, that he was, uh, when they did the top fifty uh, all NBA team, uh, he was up there in, you know, in that. But I don't always agree that Scotty Pippen, even when I was younger, when I was watching the team, that he was in the same breath of Magic, Bird, uh, Kareem, Wilt, um, you know, Car- even Karl Malone. I never, I never really saw him at the in that, at that level and now it's kind of i'm remembering a lot more when it comes to scotty when it regards to when he quit on the team uh yeah. in that playoff game um his injury you know him him being injury prone towards the end of his bulls run uh mm-hmm. him not wanting to play those you know those memories start coming coming back to me um right so i don't i don't agree where people say that you know scotty pippen was this you know player that can you know take over you know take over for jordan i know they said you know they said that they had the best you know best offensive offensive um offensive year in terms of the in terms of the uh uh, triangle offense the first year after jordan but then you look at the next year how they fell off because they had didn't have that drive they didn't have that person basically crowd you you know say cracking the whip because scotty's not that person scotty scotty's not one to lead the team um, so this is where, that's where I kind of, I, I know people say Scotty's this, this all, you know, all encompassing player, but I don't, I never, I never saw that. I mean, he was a great role player to me. Yeah. So I think here's, here's my take on that. I think Scotty is an amazing or was an amazing defender. I mean, he, he, he could crack down and do the whole, you know, I'm going to guard the best guy and I'm going to shut him down kind of thing, or I'm going to contain him. And I think, that helped Jordan because he didn't have to guard the best. If they had a guard, you know, the best player was a scorer and he was a two like Jordan. I mean, he didn't have to worry about that. I mean, and that's, that goes without saying, because if you look at it now, even when Tim was with David, he guarded Shaq or vice versa, took the load off David Robinson. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think he's not, like you said, he's not a closer and he wasn't a killer. That's where Jordan was. Pip did the stuff where, you know, you need me to set up the offense. You need me to do this. You need, I'm, I'm, the, I'm that guy. I'm going to be that guy. I think he gets a lot of praise because Kraus, I mean, to Kraus's credit, man, when people say those things like, oh, he had Cartwright, he had BJ, he had Pax, and he had Luke Longley, he had Kukoc. Kraus could draft people, man. He was good at drafting people, at least before, before uh, you know, Jordan's second retirement. Um he He knew how to pick players, and he got good free agents to come in, and he knew – were to put them and to fill the role, and they all they all understood that because they all knew the end goal was to win a championship. And you know, Pip was the same same way. But do I think he's? I mean, I think he's a top fifty player. But do I think he could have been the guy? No, I mean, he needed to have. He was like the the second guy, the little like the little banana. He wasn't the big banana, and 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 that's okay. You you tried you put your hat on and you tried it on the next year. And he was good at facilitating the offense. I mean, the whole term point forward came because of Scottie Pippen, because Scottie Pippen was a good was a good facilitator. So I mean, he was good at that. 
but he couldn't be this, like you said, he couldn't be this guy because once he left Chicago, he wasn't an all-star ever again, if you notice. But I mean, at the same time, he was also 34 years old, but he went to Houston, didn't fit in Houston. He went to Portland and he was just kind of like another one of those big names that was on that overbloated payroll that couldn't beat the Lakers. But which is crazy to say that they didn't, that team, anyway, that's another argument. But yes, I don't, I think, I thought he was good enough, but I don't, I, I think he's top 50. That's just my take on it. I don't know about you, EC. I, I definitely think he's top 50, no question. Um, the, the problem is a great problem to have, and that problem is that he played alongside Michael Jordan. So right. it was never going to happen. You know, they implemented that new offense, which, I think was a main reason. I don't think it was the sole reason, but I think it was a big, a, a huge reason as to why they started to do that. Because even if you look at Jordan, who was pissed off about the fact that it happened because he was going to get less touches, he understood that if you move the ball around a little bit and now, I, now I'm isolated, you have no chance of stopping me. So, no, Pippen, to me, I think you hit it on the head, Joel Royal. He was a tremendous defender. Um, no, no mistake about it. Either he could score the basketball um, again, I just think when you literally are playing alongside the greatest that's ever played, you're not going to get that shine. You're not going to get that look. So um, I think I don't the, the word the word need like did George need Pippen? Um, I, I don't know if you can say that. But here's the thing: we have to look at to your point, roll again. Who else would have would have would have slotted into that that spot? I mean, here's right. a guy who who literally. And you, you look at the, the beginning of the doc and they start talking about where he came from and how he just kind of grew, literally grew into this player. And right. all of a sudden from, from central Arkansas to, to the Chicago Bulls. So, no, I think, I think he's a great player. I think even if you look at um, some people say it was failure, you know, he didn't do it with Jordan. He didn't do it in Portland. He didn't do it in Houston. If you look at those teams he was on, they did fairly well. They won several yeah. games with those teams he was on. So I, I don't think... It's it's fair because, again, you know, you could for me anyways, you could put anybody on that team and they would have got the same rap. Oh, you can't do without Jordan. Well, duh, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan is probably, in my in my opinion, you can argue it the best player that's ever played. So um, I don't feel bad for him at all. I mean, the contract thing, that was his decision. He, he right injury thing that that to me was a um, that's a no go. But again, I'm not in his shoes. I didn't have to. People to, to feed as he was doing or whatever he was saying. So, no, right. I definitely think he was a great player. I definitely think he deserves the credit. But again, if you go back to those days, um, who who's gonna who's gonna sit in that role? You could probably find some guys, but I think Pippen played it perfectly. He understood what he was supposed to do, and I think he did it great for you know those six championships. I agree. What? A, okay, getting back to Pip. Um... <laughs> Him quit quitting on the team. Yeah. Was that? So that so you know, go ahead. I'm no, sorry, no, go. no. Go ahead. You go ahead. I just brought it up. Go ahead. Yeah. So that so that last shot, he still to this day he stands by how he behaved. But what was amazing to me was, and I didn't know this until the doc shed, shed some light on it, was that Steve Kerr had said, "We ran that play several times during the season, and Ku coach hit game winners like two or three times." And you're like, "Dang, I don't remember that." But I mean, again, we <laughs> we didn't have the way me sports media is now versus in 1994. Right. But, and he was cool with it back, back then. I mean, I mean, during the season, but I get it. It's because, Hey, we're up against the Knicks. It's our arch rival. This is my time to shine. I think Pippen really wanted to get to that upper 
upper part. But what was crazy to me, what was interesting to me, not crazy, was interesting was that how Bill Cartwright led that conversation in the locker room and then, you know, Pippen's apologizing for his behavior, but he still stands by his decision. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was him just like pouting, you know? Yeah. Like, dude, get over it. Like, come on. Like they ran this before it works. Just, just go out there and try to get the win. But as a teammate, how do you, I mean, you're going to, you know, that this guy quit on you. Are you still going to be willing to go to battle? And this is where I think they're kind of like, eh, you know, we kind of forgave him, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't. I, I, well, well, Duffy, we we had some interesting teammates back in our day who were considered superstars because they were ahead of us in terms of, well, not basketball, but football. But they were on our team and they quit on us. And <laughs> were we ever the same? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're a poor team, but I'm just, I'm just trying to make light of that situation. But <laughs> I think you're right because some players, I mean, it does kill the morale a little bit because you're like, come on, man, this like, oh, you're you were this guy, and now you're being this guy. I don't, they still almost beat the Knicks. Let's be real. I mean, some controversial calls in Game Six could have is a big, big. Uh, that's another argument that you could have with some people. I think he's just got to if, if you own up to it. I think if you're in the locker room and you know, and everyone knows that he quit, if he can, if he can, as a man, you know, call a meeting, no coaches, and say, "Look, this is how I felt. This is what I wanted. It was about me, and it's never about me." And and apologize and get past it, then I can I can see that. Again, you gotta you gotta imagine this guy's whole career was in a shadow, and there was right. no way you're getting around that shadow. I he could have did anything. He could have won that game. He could have he could have anything. You're never going to get out of the shadow of when I say Chicago Bulls, the first person you're going to think of is Michael Jordan every time. And he's in, he's a part of the conversation. But again, I think to a man, he's thinking of himself, as most of these guys do, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. You can't stop me. But again, th there's no way you're going to get out of that shadow. There, it doesn't like I said, it doesn't matter what you do or what kind of interview you have or what kind of tennis shoe comes out or whatever you do. You will never, when it comes to comparing folks in basketball, you're never going to be able to live that down. So, no, as, as, a, as a man, if, you, if you're a man about your mistakes, I don't think it, you know, it's, it's something where I can't say, no, I'm not going to be able to trust him again. Now, obviously, you know, if we give you another shot and then again you just say, oh, I didn't want to do it and I, and I quit again, then at that point, for me anyway, your little apology was bull crap from the jump. So I'm not going to rock you anymore. But no, for me, first time you make a mistake, you do something – uh, that that you really should never do. I'll give you another chance. That's all you got. You got one shot. Yeah. Well, obviously he did say. I mean, basically he admitted his apology was bullshit because he said he'll do it again. And that's the thing. That's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. If you you know he's saying that and he's saying, look, yeah, he, I would have done that's what I would have did. But again, if you if you're in that moment, right? This is 30 years past that time. So yeah, he would have probably did the same thing. He's just saying, I'm not gonna. I have no remorse for what I did at that time. But I think, again, if you do, if you repeat the same shit, so if you come into a locker room with a bunch of grown men, say, look, I, I should have done it. I, I, I know my assignment. I know what I'm supposed to do. I understand we practiced it. Never going to have it again. And you do the same thing. Look, man, you already told us what it is. Now we know what you're about. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where in at that moment in time, yeah, he probably felt comfortable and, and was good about it and, and did it. And it's wrong. But, you know, I think, again, it, it just takes it takes a man to say, look, I, I made a mistake. I, you know, I screwed up. And then it takes a bigger man to apologize, to accept the apology. Right. Right. 
Well, speaking That's a of, good point. Speaking of uh, actions, speak louder than words. Let's let's fast forward back into the the, the final season. <clears throat> he could obviously had a, his surgery. Um, at the end of the season, he waited to the beginning of the season, right? Even in the documentary, he says, "Why am I going to ruin my summer uh, when I can have my the surgery and I can come back in the middle of the season?" Yeah, and, you know. Then he gets so, then he gets into his little yeah. tiff with Jerry Krause, Jerry Krause, and basically he says. <laughs> trade me. I'm not going to play for the Bulls anymore. So, I mean, so what, I mean, given your history of quitting on the team in a game, in a game, mind you, in a tight game, in a playoff game, given your history, and then you do that for in the season, demanding a trade, I mean, it just, it just goes to show what kind of character that this man has. I mean, it obviously, this, yes, this documentary showed that Scottie Pippen, in my opinion, was a mental midget. He's very small, um, and he just can't deal with the and the pressure. I think Michael Jordan alleviated too much pressure uh, off of Scottie Pippen. Wow, that's a mental midget. I've never heard that one before. Oh. That's a good one. Yeah, it's good. You should use it. You should use it. <laughs> yeah, I should use it on the, all those other billies out there. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Hey, so so okay, that's a good point. But here's the thing. EC said it earlier. He, he signed that contract because he needed stability and all that stuff. And I get it. But back in the day, if you guys remember, if you're old enough to remember, but I think in night, like in the late 90s, ESPN used to do those top five reasons you can't blame. Remember those little shorts they used to do? Yeah. I think on ESPN. Yeah. There, there was, there's one on YouTube that says top five reasons why you can't blame Jerry Cross for the breakup of the Bulls or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the second And the second reason – was Scottie Pippen. And the second reason on that was that Pippen, I'm talking about the, I'm going to talk about the contract for a minute. That is my son's playing with his cars. Sorry about that. But anyway, uh-huh. yeah, at, at so least we he, have an audience. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, we can actually we say we have an audience of one. <laughs> we, have a, we have a live audience. Yes. So he talks about Jerry Krause and even Reinsdorf said it. I think even on, he said it on the, on that dot, on that top five reasons, but he even said it on the last dance was, they, they, they presented Scotty the contract, and they said, here's this contract. And they both told him, do not sign it, because in a few years, this contract is going to be worth shit, basically, because the salary cap's going to increase. You know, there's play, you're going to be able to get paid more. We might be able to take care of you then. But he, he was so adamant about signing the contract, so he kind of, like, dug himself in that hole because he's pissed off. Like, I want a new contract. I want this. Okay, dude. Like, but... Back then, you couldn't opt out. He didn't have an opt out in that contract. He had to ride that thing out till it was done, and you can't renegotiate. At least, not to my knowledge. I mean, because now they have opt outs in, in these seven year contracts or even five year contracts. They have opt outs, so you kind of like have to make. You made your bed. You got to sleep in it, dude, and you got to make it work. And when and I, and I can get his frustration because your your number one player is getting paid forty million a year or thirty five million a year, and you're getting paid two million. That's a reason to be upset. I get it. But at this, it's like, dude, you're, you're screwed. You're, that's your contract. But then you go back and, you, and you're talking about the injury where he said, well, I don't want to ruin my summer. It reminds me of, it reminds me of Shaq when they won their second title. They went into that – I mean their third title and they were going into that four-peat when the Spurs beat them. Yes, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> where, where, he, where he told Coach – they said, why didn't you have surgery? He's like, well, I got hurt on company time. I'm going to get my surgery – when I'm on company time, I'm not going to ruin my time. And I mean, that's kind of like a whole union kind of thing. I guess you could say like with the players union and you're like, 
maybe to that extent. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just spitballing and I'm just trying things and seeing if that's the case. But he was already disgruntled because of the contract. He's like, well, f fuck this. I'm not gonna like get you know ruin my summer because you guys need me. And I mean, and what's crazy to me though, not to like get go get sidetracked from that, was that they still won 60 games without him for like a good 50 games he missed or something or whatever. How many games he missed? Yeah, I want to say he was out for a couple months. That that one for me is tricky. I mean, it's difficult because you do, you know, you you're all of a sudden no one no one thought you'd get to the NBA. Uh, you know, I know you know you're a janitor, and the next thing you know, you're you know, yeah. star. So you know, all of a sudden now you're the one taking care of everyone, and right. you get it right. People tell you to sign these contracts, but you know, a broken a torn ACL in the '80s and not, not the same as it is nowadays. So. I understand it, but at the end of the day, I think you hit it right on the head. Both of you guys did. You know, once you sign the, your name on the dotted line, regardless of who you're taking care of or not, you know, now you're going to have to live with that. And I think the doc said he was like the sixth highest paid guy on the on the team, I think. It was. Yeah. And yeah. that's just going to hurt your pride. And you got to think about it. You know you're out there killing it. You know you're better than those other five guys that are playing. But, again, you know, to to his detriment – you know, as a man, when you make a grown man decision and you take that pin and you sign your name, it's a wrap. So I felt bad for him because, I mean, again, he's taking care of his mom. He's taking care of his dad and, and everybody else. But then reality sets in and you're like, man, I, I, I deserve way more than this. Right. But, you know, you, you had to wait. I'm sure he got paid later on in life. Oh, he did. Life, but, I mean, I 70 think it was million. Over, yeah. So, I mean, he, he made his money in the long run. But I think at that point in time, you can only imagine what he would have made, you know, had he gotten a, a nice contract during those runs. But like, like you know, that's life, and that sucks. And I, you know, his sons will probably learn from that and, and never sign a contract under under stress is the way that I looked at it. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what he did. And 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 I think to, you guys said it earlier, man. You make your bed. You gotta you gotta lay down in it. And I'm sure I'm sure people around the NBA players and. Maybe even coaches were probably killing them. Like, man, how much are you making this year? <laughs> you, you're averaging this, and you're doing that, and you're getting what? I'm sure that had to eat under his skin, but that's something yeah. that he did. That was a choice he made. But it still doesn't. Yep. It, it still doesn't dismiss the fact that he demanded a trade in season, knowing what knowing yeah, what, no. knowing what they're you, going going on a sixth championship. He said, "You know what? F all y'all." And this, like I said, this goes again going to what kind of teammate Scottie Pippen is. You know, obviously, I understand the man's got to eat. The man has family. He has bills, you know, and, and whatnot. <laughs> but do that after the season. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah. it, I, I mean, I, I think I think in a perfect world, like I said, I think in, in a perfect world, you know, they open up the pocketbook and say, look, this is what you've done for us. Here you go. But you can't. It's business. And I think, you know, he's trying to strong arm. They obviously have all the leverage in the world, and again, it's him trying his best to say, "I deserve." Like I'm the man too. Like give me what Jordan gets. I know I'm not as good, but like come on, and it's never gonna happen. And so, like I said, I I get it. Like I I completely get it because again, you know, it's your body that you're you're putting out there on the line. It's 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 your blood, sweat, and tears. But again, man, it sucks to say it, but once you agree to something, especially back then. There's no coming back. You just nope. got to eat it. And you got to ride that out. And it sucks. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
if you keep doing what you're doing and like he he did, he continued to do what he did. He he finally got his payday. It's just it's one of those things where you know the 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 players nowadays. If you look at the players today, they have the level. Like they have yeah. to say so, and they're signing like two-year deals, they're right? Seven-year, six-year superstars are signing one, two-year deals, and then they're taking off. So yep. you know, it was just that that moment in time for him. I mean, it was just it was bad timing. You know, like I said, breadwinner makes it big. You know, taking care of everybody, and they're probably looking at him saying, "Wait a minute, Scotty, can you imagine him going home for Thanksgiving?" And they're like, "Yo, how are you only making this?" <laughs> And you got four other cats that are you're ten times better than as a man. Again, as a man, that just eats at you. You know you're not the best on the team. You know you're never gonna be. You ain't the highest paid. You ain't even close to the highest paid. And so what do you do? You might throw a fit. You know what I mean? You might get a little upset. You might say, I ain't gonna play. At the end of the day, y'all y'all hit it on the head. You can talk all the crap you wanna talk. You can say you ain't gonna do this and you can refuse. You signed a contract, and as yep. much as it sucks, that's what you did. Nobody put a gun to your head, but you 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 were saying, "Look, I, I know that my mom and my dad are going to be good. Just stand on that, stand on your morals. Say you're taking care of your family, and then keep it moving. Don't bitch and whine and moan and complain now because that's what you're going to look like. <laughs> you're going to look like a, a a bitch, and it's unfortunate because he was doing the noble thing. He just wasn't real about it, and so I think, like I said, I think in the end. You know, Scotty works hard. He played hard, and he and he eventually got his payday. So, you know, I, it does suck as far as when historics go. But I, I again, it's just that day and time in the NBA. There's nothing you could do about it. It's true. I think nowadays in today's NBA, uh, the players have a lot more control than what they did yeah. back then. It's like it's yeah. totally controlled by the players, like you like you mentioned, and I think. I think the last time I heard someone signing like a really long-term contract of more than five years is probably like mid two thousands. Yeah, they're not doing it anymore. They're smart. They understand. Look, I'll get this max deal back to back years, and then I'm out. I yeah. mean, we would never have seen Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen go into a different team. LeBron's been on three different teams. Yeah, and he's gonna go down as one of the best. <laughs> so it just it's just a different <laughs> day. It's a different yeah. time. I mean, Kobe, yeah. even Kobe Bryant, who stayed with his team all throughout, when they do the doc, he tried to leave. Yeah. He didn't He didn't try. He, it wasn't going to be this magical deal all throughout. Things happen in business. And I think, you know, eventually with Scotty, he's, he'll know. And even Jordan said it. That was wrong. You know, so th- those guys, you get put in these positions. You got people talking, people in your ears telling you you're this, telling you you're that. And I'm sure people told him, oh, man, you're, you're, the, you're the second best on the team, this and that. And like I say, you know, as a man, it'll start wearing on you. It'll start, it'll start creeping into your mind. And so you start making rash decisions. But, yeah, no, it's just time and a place. Because I, I guarantee you, if it's 2019 and Scotty decided I'm not feeling it, he's going to be gone. And he's going to get a huge payday on top of it. Right. Well, the, the general consensus is Scotty Pippen, you're flat in the front. All right, let's move on to um, let's move on to a player that I have a little little place in my heart. The player that I tried to model my game after, I would say, Mister Dennis the Worm Rodman. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when he came to the Bulls, uh, well, first of all, when he was in San Antonio, um, after he left the Pistons, because when he was in the Pistons, you know, I, was, I hated the Pistons because of what they, you know, <laughs> the, the road that the Bulls had to go through. Came to San Antonio and basically, I'm not saying he revolutionized his play. He re- revolutionized himself and the image he had. You know, I think he first dyeing his hair in San Antonio, uh, his actions, his antics on the bench. Um, and he that's the player that you know you're going to get, right? This, this, uh, this outlaw of a player. Uh, and then when he went to the Bulls, excited. I, I, I want to say I still have the... The poster with him, Pippen, and Jordan uh, in '96 after they won. You know, when when they won, I think they, that's the year they won 87 games. Um, but I mean, Dennis Rodman, greatest defensive player of all time. Mm, no, nah, not at all time. I think I, I think Bill Russell's got to be in, in that conversation. Uh, but as, I think as far as all. time. Bill Russell, I mean, ha- needs to have an asterisk by his name. He's the only. He, no, 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 no. Listen to me. I'm not. He was the only what seven foot African American playing in a league of what six foot white men. He was. He was six nine, and Will Chamberlain was seven two, bro. Yeah, he played against Will, and he and he and he in, in their prime. So yeah, you know, I would. I would say I, I would say that you could put Dennis at, like in your top five, though. Okay. I wouldn't argue that, but I wouldn't say all time. And I don't and I don't think you couldn't say that it's not an argument. I mean, you can create the argument because I mean if you look at players that played against him um defensively, I mean he was a beast. He was a pest. I mean he was he, he was absolutely amazing. But I just for me, you know, I understand your argument. Athletes today against athletes now, but no, he, he went up against beast, but eleven championships anyone as a player coach, um, it's difficult for me. Uh, not to say the, that Bill isn't, but it, it's it's you could definitely argue it. That's that's not a far off like oh my god outrage. If, if you're saying that, then you didn't watch him play. Well, I think uh, yeah, he was undersized. He made up for it. Uh, he he played hard. It's funny you talk about those uh, San Antonio. That's so San Antonio. Years. I was watching some old games, and man, dude, he was. Uh, he was a heck of a defender. He could, um, I mean, he got a check, and that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's, I think he's top five. I'm with EC on that. No, what do you think about his antics off, off the, off the court? Uh, obviously, they said, you know, obviously when the, during the last season, you know, he had to take his little break. And, uh, now it's a joke, you know, joke around the league that he, you know, he uh, invented load management that he needed. You know, <laughs> that, yeah. well, see, so, so here's the thing with that. So I watch. Great. I have I have the ESPN Plus subscription, so I watch his thirty for thirty. Matter of fact, I've watched it like two or three times, mm-hmm. and I think it speaks a lot to mental health. And Dennis yeah. Rodman, Dennis Rodman was one of those first players who had who had mental health issues, and they kind of looked at him like as a it kind of cast him out a little bit 100 percent. so yeah. he's looked at poorly because of the way he like see so i follow i follow a, a spurs fan page and they were talking about there was a quote from david robinson on there and they were talking about how he was talking about how dennis would come to work but his antics were a distraction 
And and it, it makes me go back to the way – this is the one thing. I think Phil Jackson's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. But I will give him credit for this, was the way he handled Dennis. Because he knew Dennis had this mental health thing. And he told him, look, as long as you're here and you're dialed in, I don't care what you do. And, you know, in that, in that Dennis Rodman documentary, he talks about partying till like 5 a.m., getting up at 9 and going to practice and running his ass off for two hours. And, and in the games, he would hustle and he's getting like 20 boards a game or whatever it is he's getting. And, and that's impressive. The thing is, is like when he was in San Antonio, I felt they in 95, they should have won. Like, I mean, you know, sans, you know, sans Jordan, right? They they should have won. They had a they had a great team. Regardless of who Dennis Rodman is, you 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 find a way to make this work and you have cohesiveness. And and again, this is not to get anybody upset with me because if you have this, you know, because David Robinson's a very religious person and I get it, you know, you have and and you know, that's cool. But you don't have to cast him out because he doesn't think like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's different, man. And I mean you know, he had he had some serious stuff going on, and I felt like him doing that and his antics, it worked. It totally worked. He knew how to get. He knew how to. You know, it's that whole mental aspect of the game. He, his whole point, his whole purpose was in there to play to play defense, hustle, get rebounds, and if I can play mind games with somebody, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was good at. And he he's in the Hall of Fame, and he should be. Yeah, it's 100. percent He should be in the Hall of Fame, 100. percent And the other thing is. Not only did it work for him on the court, but it worked for him off the court. He's one yeah. of, I think maybe him and maybe Jordan are the only two that really you hear about still today where people want to do documentaries, 30 for 30s on them because, you know, he was this kind of free caring, you know, rebel without a cause, free spirit, hard nose, lunch pail type of guy who whatever you needed him to do, he would get it done. Um, and turn around and, and go out and have a drink with Carmen Electra or Madonna or whoever the hell he was dating. So, yeah. Uh, now, he was able to parlay that into a second career, if you will. Um, and he talks about his kids and how that affects them even to this day. So, now yeah. he's got a lot, to your point, going on with with, with mental stability. Um, I listened to a recent interview where he was talking about, you know, his kids and, you know, what they mean to him and, and, and kind of how growing up here in, in the state of Oklahoma, kind of how that molded him a, a little bit. And so, no, he... he uh, all-time great, to your point, Jesus, all-time great defender for me, for sure. Um, I think people kind of get lost in kind of who they are, and they kind of get a little closed-minded at times. But I think if you think about it, at that moment in time when he was wearing dresses and all that, <laughs> it was kind of like things were kind of changing. Things were getting – and so when it when he did it, everybody was like, holy crap. Like, it was just – it was just this phenomenon. It just, it just kind of took off. So – no, uh, credit to him. I wish the guy was mentally doing a lot better to this day because a lot of times you'll see interviews with him and you're just looking at him like, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. He, he just he doesn't break, look. He, yeah, he breaks down a lot, too. He does. And so and you can tell, like, you can tell he's a good dude. You know, he's a good dude. He means well. And um, the fact that they were able to get it done, you know, kind of letting him do his thing. I love that low management. That was great. Yeah. Um, going, going to Vegas and partying it up and then it's that great story that jordan tells about how they're doing that that drill where you got to catch the guy in the front and dennis is just <laughs> taking off and they can't understand this guy yeah. was on a bender for three days and here he is nobody can catch him so 
I just, you know, I don't want to say freak of nature because I think he did work his butt off. But I mean, just some of those types of stories of partying all night, like you were saying earlier, five, five at night, getting up at nine and going out and killing it. Um, you got to give the guy credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dennis Rodman is my spirit animal. Sends the mental <laughs> health issues, right? Uh, I have this I don't give a fuck attitude. Uh, and Dennis Rodman definitely has the I don't give a fuck attitude. Um, Man, so you know, you know, it's so funny because you go back and like watch some of his antics during the games. And I remember, I don't mean to get, I don't mean to keep going, but my, I remember watching the games with my dad, and my dad was always cracking up with him. And like, <laughs> and and, and we're, I'm like 13 or 14. I'm like, I don't get it. Why are you laughing? He's like, look, he's because he's entertaining and he's he's playing my. And I didn't know what mind games were back then, or how mm-hmm. you're trying to get into people's heads and stuff. And I remember watching like the the '96 finals against the Sonics, him and Burkowski going at it, and how he was like, you know, like taunt, almost taunting him throughout the whole the whole thing. It was hilarious. Yep. And and the and the one of the coaches for the Spurs, Chad Forcier, was an intern on that team. And we were ta- I was talking to him about it. He's like, dude, Burkowski. We were George Carl was trying to get Burkowski to do the same thing to him, but it wasn't working because Dennis had the <laughs> upper hand. Yeah, no, I mean he's, that's awful. Uh, it's just that, that yeah. little, that little, that little uh, video when uh, him and Carmelo were on the floor throwing elbows, and him and and then and then Carmelo uh, taps his ass, and then he's like, ooh, yeah. like, ooh, he gives that little, ooh, that hurt, you know, like, and it just that it was over right for Carmelo. It's like you know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter what and you do, kept... this guy. He, he don't care. He doesn't care what you say, but apparently you care what he says or he does right. you know and that and that's again it's that i don't give a fuck attitude it's like well you know whatever you know and, and i think that's rodman uh, again i uh, patterned my game after him obviously royal um how many yeah. times how many times did i foul out <laughs> i think I, man there was <laughs> hey man duffy fouled out but man he was so emotionally intense into the game and but you liked having him on your team Somebody think, tried to like mess with one of us. He was the first person in there getting in their face. That's awesome. I, think I got three yeah. fouls in less than a minute, and Coach Roach had to pull me out of the game. <laughs> You're like, I didn't foul him. I didn't foul him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Royal, awesome. you, you had mentioned something earlier. Phil Jackson, you said, uh, uh, re- repeat what you said. You don't think he's a great coach. I see. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach, but I do appreciate his love for – for marijuana and i do appreciate his love for um for his hippiness uh, you know that's that's cool um i think he I, I i i'll give him credit with this whole managing egos thing but is he an x's and o's coach no you got text for that i'll give him that but maybe he was a little bit at the right place at the right time kind of guy uh, i don't know you, you tell me are you are you convincing yourself See, or are you convincing me well, I, see, I, I think, oh, that's touche. Good point. Good point. So I just don't like it that he doesn't give, he, I don't like him. I, I, I mean, I'd like him, but I don't like how he doesn't give, my beef with him is just not giving Pop enough credit. That's my beef with him. So you have a biased opinion about it. Oh, don't, don't, don't try to Joseph bat me, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand you. I'm just trying to understand I mean, because uh, and, and I'll give what I think about Phil Jackson. My opinion about Phil Jackson. I just want to understand what you. I mean, is I just is your hatred too big ego to? I don't hate him. Is, I just don't like that he doesn't. He needs to suppress the ego a little bit and say, you know what? He called like somebody told him, 
And and to me, I don't know how you feel about this, EC, because Duff and I can probably go on this for hours because back then we went at this for hours because we were talking yeah. about dynasties and you're like, oh, you got to win multiple in a row to be a dynasty. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how you I, feel about that. I've always thought, like, look, the Patriots won maybe one back-to-back and, I'm, I'm, and they're considered a dynasty over the last, what, 20 years? Spurs yeah. won five in 20 years. I thought that was pretty good. And they were in 10 or 11 Western Conference Finals. Yeah, the be- one of the best players of all time on your team. You were stable. You were always in it. He just called it. What I didn't like was he called it a force. And I'm like, it's not a force. I mean, they're all- we're always there. You know, people write us off. I don't know. I just. I, I, I think he's, to me, he's, he's one of the greatest coaches to, to do it. I think, um, you know, I think it's difficult because he did have uh, Michael <laughs> Jordan. He did yeah. have Gil O'Neal. He did have Kobe Bryant. But I think well, part of what happens is, is when you get these superstars, how do you take a Michael Jordan who can take anybody one-on-one, probably two-on-one, maybe even three-on-one with Michael, and say, look it, I know you're awesome, but if you just listen to me and you just do what I ask you to do, we're going to be known as one of the greats to ever do it. And I'm not saying that they had that conversation. I'm just saying for him to look at Michael and say, look, we're going to put this offense in. It's going to incorporate your whole team. You're still going to be the star, but we're going to make sure that everybody's involved. And I think, again, you know, leaving then and then going to L.A. and then doing it, um, dealing with the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, who's probably a bigger personality than Rodman. Oh, uh, Kobe Bryant, who had the same drive, probably the same exact drive that Michael Jordan had. Oh, yeah. And still making it work again having those two guys and saying all right look the blueprint's already been set now he didn't create the 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 triangle you know his mentor on the bench helped him you know didn't help but he actually created it but he took it he understood it he broke it down and he showed it to these guys and it worked hell 10 times nine times that's not a bad i think it was like 11 yeah it was 11 championships (laughs) So I mean, for me, you can't you, you can't you can't be great and let you can't be just good if you're doing it on that level. Um, is it disrespectful to say that the sports were just a force? Absolutely. I their 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 consistency, their level of professionalism, their championships, that is to always be respected. That's just my opinion on the Spurs. I think for me, you know, people always want to say, "Oh, small market this, small market that." No, they were a yeah. dominant. Like they yeah. were a dominant team. They were, they had the, to me, Pop's the best coach in the league right now. So, you know, you just have to look at it for me from the perspective of Phil, what he was able to not only do, but implement. To, I mean, I would, you could, you could arguably put the three players that he coached in like your top 20. And he, and he managed that. He got it done. Um, I don't know about his GM skills or if he's a president or whatever he was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's horrible. But, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's New York, go back home and, and try to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I think. Okay, so he makes a good point, Duff. No, no, no. I mean, because I'm going to kind of comment. Because I'm indifferent about Phil Jackson. I am. <clears throat> Obviously, real. I don't hate to say it. I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not a bandwagon fan. But after the Bulls, the Spurs, obviously, due to my proximity to them, um, and granted, they kind of won the first championship in '99. Uh, I started, you know, 
you know, watching them because, you know, at, you know, they're right. more Jordan. So, yes, I'm, I, I ride the fence on what, what you're talking about, Popovich, right? And what and the way Popovich coach coaches and the, and, and the type of coach he is. And he's, I'm not saying he's quite opposite because Pop is, Pop is very intellectual. Pop is, I mean, he, he does what Phil Jackson does, does, but a lot of people don't know. Like, I know he takes his players on, on the, you know, these intellectual retreats and, and the, the, a lot of stuff that he, you know, in, in his philosophy, when he coaches, it's, it's very intellectual. I mean, he tries to get that and tries to put that, you know, uh, you know, put his stamp on that, on a play, you know, as being a, you know, honest players, but obviously, obviously pop is an authoritarian too. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's my way, the highway. Um, right. when you say Exodus and O's getting to Phil Jackson, uh, sometimes being a great coach, uh, doesn't mean you have to be a master of X's and O's. EC and I could probably be a test to it. I know, I know you're a heathen and you don't, you don't watch football, uh, or what we call, or what you call soccer, uh, here, here in the States. Um, but the, one of the greatest managers to ever live, ever live is Sir Alex Ferguson, Manchester United. Play, you know, coach Manchester United, 20, you know, 26 years, uh, probably the longest tenured coach other than Matt Busby. Uh, but Sir Alex obviously was not a great, I mean, you can, you can say he was a great tactician, you know, in right. VC can agree with me, but what, 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 what Sir Alex was, he knew his players, he knew their strengths and their weaknesses, and he knew to, when to put them in position, positions to win. And obviously, to get in their psyche of, you might be this world class player, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z, or you know, or like an Eric Cantona, like what what, what like um, what like Phil Jackson did to um, Dennis Rodman. Let let Rodman be what he be, you know, what he is. The same thing Eric, uh, Sir Alex did with Eric Cantona, because you know you, you can't you can't do that with the, with such a genius as Eric Cantona was on the pitch. But there's also well, you heard what he said, right? What no, Rudy go ahead. said that LBG was a better coach as far as learning things. Yes, he said Alex Ferguson was a better manager of men. So your point is you're absolutely correct. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, the two things it can ring true in both, but and it just doesn't. You don't have to be a great X's and O's. You said Tex Tex. Was the, the 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 mastermind behind the, the the triangle offense, but you have to understand that it doesn't matter. You put the triangle offense and and in uh, Oklahoma City, it don't work, right? Right. Because <laughs> Oklahoma Oklahoma sucks, right? Um, I'm not from there, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him trying to jab me. I'm not from I just live. Here. <laughs> you could have hurt my wife's feelings. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a wizard fan. He's we, a wizard fan. Like, yes. <laughs> All right, put it. In, put it in Washington. We, but trash. and we I might mean, lose Bill. But I'm getting off topic. Go ahead. I'm but sorry. you need you need the players, right? You need the right players to execute. You need to get in that psyche. I mean, um, the only other player to get in. Uh, other, I mean, there's two two coaches that probably Michael Jordan that can get in his psyche and make him make him do what he did um, was Dean Smith. Uh, uh, Collins, because Collins has let Michael do what he did, but it's Dean Smith and Phil Jackson that actually tempered Michael Jordan to say, um, "This is what you know. This is what we're going to do. Uh, you either get on board or you don't." And it takes it takes a strong-willed person and it's somebody to that 
that knows what he's talking about and has the respect to do that to Michael. Let me throw this in there. Let me throw this in there. Don't you guys both think that Popovich could have done the same thing? I think that Pop could get could get the best out of out of players, but I think one of the things that I really liked about what I liked hearing about Kobe was, and I read it in his in one of his these magazines I just bought after he passed. But he was talking about when he was super excited when Pop was like the All Star coach because he was like, I want to go to one of Popovich's practices. I heard they're intense and this and that. And Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan looked at him like, dude, I'm on like it's All Star game, dude. We're not gonna do one of those right now. But he was always curious about it. But I think. But, but see, but to Duff's point, I mean, I mean, and to yours, I think because Jordan is a different type of player. Tim Duncan is a totally different type of player compared to some of these guys. Would Michael even want to do that? Tim was like, "You can dog me out in front of the other players because you you have." Tim let him be let him be Pop, and Pop has said it numerous times. I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Tim Duncan because mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, excuse me, Tim Duncan allowed him to do that, to, to scold him in front of everybody, because some star players don't let you do that. Tom Brady does, yeah. right? I think, I think I think would have been able to. I think Popovich is one of those guys. I think there's, there's a couple of the dogs, like all-time great coaches. I just feel like Pop is one of those cats where it doesn't matter what you think, who you think you are, like, this is my show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in a good position you know, and you can he can give respect to Tim Duncan because it's old. I put I put Timmy up there with Malone, and you could argue Timmy might have had a better career just with the tips yeah. and scoring and everything else. So I think that's a good argument to have for later. But um, no, I, I think he could have. I think he could have done it. I I give Phil a whole lot of credit though. I just feel like again to be able to do there, leave, set up shop in a whole new spot. You know, get two more superstars and say, look, guys, this is how you get it done. Like, you guys, you're great. You're going to have all kinds of money. You're going to have all kinds of fame. But when you talk about legacy, if you just do it this way, I'm telling you it's going to happen. And the banners are, are in the root of it. Yeah. All right, guys, let's go. Let's give a quick five minutes uh, combo to Jerry Krause. And then uh, we'll spend the rest of the time on, on you know, Michael Jordan. Um what do you think, <clears throat> Jerry Krause? Was he justified? Let me give this question. Obviously, we know he, he built, he built the, he built what the Bulls were. He drafted Pippen, Horace, BJ. Um, you know, got the pieces around him. Traded, traded Charles Oakley. Um, was a great GM. Was he justified? Him and Jerry Reinsdorf. In the end, was he justified to say, you know what, six is enough. I, I mean, we can't do it past this point. Because obviously, you know, money's money's comes in, you know, involved, and especially in the last episode, you saw, you know, how many people were up for new contracts, who we're gonna renew, who we're gonna put in play, you know, bring back. And Jordan says, I mean, he kind of like says, yes, um, I think everybody would have come back. The bridge he's burned with Phil, things like that. Do you think it was was his wanting to rebuild justified? Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, bro. I, I, I mean, I think it, <laughs> I got. I give the guy a lot of credit. And I know uh, it's not possible to to uh, give him credit, but I definitely give the guy credit. Um, I think he he's gonna have a different vantage point than we're gonna have, right? Being being there with the owner and figuring out 
you know, how much money the owner's going to spend. I mean, they're, they were pretty, you know, strong and, and bored about, look, if you sign this contract, that's kind of what it is. So um, I think it's one of those things where it kind of made no sense to me, but you just, you know, you understand that, you know, Jordan's not going to play unless Phil's there. And I think it's not justified for me just because I felt like it was more ego. I don't think it was more like this is a basketball decision. I think it was more like, look, this guy doesn't respect me. And this guy being Phil Jackson doesn't respect me. I don't respect him. So he's out. And I, and I think that is really what it was about. I don't, I don't really think, you know, money was the whole factor. I just feel like if, if he had it all to do it over again, um, I don't think he would have made those same decisions. I think they would probably want at least one more, maybe two. Uh, because obviously, it's just those. I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. I, I loved what he did. The team that he built, great team, um, one of the greatest seasons that it's ever been. But uh, I think it was more evil than anything else. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head with the whole ego thing. He wanted the. It was almost kind of like that Jerry Jones syndrome, where he wanted a lot of the credit rather than than players. Um, 100%. Yeah, and I. I think that I think that that tapped into the whole to the whole situation with the Bulls because I would have liked to have seen what would have happened if if you know if they lost if they if you know how that if whenever they you know play till you lose kind of thing you know right I don't it would have been interesting to see because Jordan Jordan's even said he's like I would have liked to have seen us just keep going until something you know until we lost who who was going to beat us we I wanted to see if we were going to be who was the next team that we were going to pass it to. No, I mean, no, who I knows? I mean, I would have loved it too because who the Spurs won it the year afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah they won it in '99. So then it was Spurs Lakers run. Yeah, but see, but then you see, you think about it. The Lakers win in 2000, and and in large part, I mean, they won because they had Phil. Yeah, Phil had a lot to do with that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I think like, you know, if, if you put your ego to the side and you say, look, I think they at least squeeze maybe one more out because yeah. it's just it's a shame. Like even when he left, you guys were talking about earlier, I would have, I agree with you guys. I think they would have beat Houston, but it would have been a great series. It'd have been fun to just see them play those guys, you know, Hakeem in his, in his prime, just to see him go against, you know, whatever center the bulls were throwing out there, Cartwright or whoever, it yeah. would have been fun just to see those two teams go at it. But um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, a lot of times when you're, building the success um i'm i'm, I'm listening to a, a story about that right now it's, it's actually about a podcast of, of guys who they all three of them they were building something right well they eventually got a deal from barstool barstool sports and the two guys that were i guess you could call them the, the faces that are the face of the uh podcast they took the three million dollars and basically said look we'll give you 50 grand but that's it and so it's one of those things where all three of them are building it. Kraus is there, you know, he's building it up, getting players, drafting guys, you know, making trades, bringing in players. And then no one's, no one's writing these great articles about him. No one's giving him Nike contracts and everyone on the team's making fun of him, you know, calling him short. Jordan's making fun of him. They're all yeah. laughing. At him. So I just, I just think it was one of those things where, again, you know, you talk about Scotty, you know, does your, is your pride hurt? You talk about, you know, Krause, was your pride hurt? And I think for both of those guys, 
They had the Jesus calls it the little, as you call it, little mid, little man sit. What'd you call it? Mental midget. Mental midget. Yes. I think he had a little bit of that going on. So he wanted to say, look, I'm the one that did this. I'm going to do it again without Phil. And Phil leaves and goes, no, it was actually me. A lot of it was me uh, and not you. Yeah. You know, what was funny, there was a, there was a thing on the, on that top five, you can't blame him. They were, Pippen's talking about a story that there were a, that they were on the bus and 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 Jordan's telling Kraus because Kraus liked to fish. He's like, "Hey Jerry, don't worry about if you can't catch anything when you go fishing. You can always eat the bait." <laughs> See, and that's probably in front of everyone on the bus. Everyone yeah. laughing, and here he is saying, "Man, I architect. I, I was the architect. Like, I laid this down so that we could all have fun, and you guys don't like." It. So you can imagine being around six, seven years, and they still don't like you. Like, nobody yeah. likes you. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, again, the human aspect comes into it. I think for me, not having seen the whole thing, but for me, one of the biggest takeaways is the fact that, like, you get to see these guys kind of how we see our athletes today with social media and, you know, Instagram. Or I can just click on LeBron James's page, and I can see him working out. I can see him playing with his kids. I can see him hanging out with his wife. Like yelling back, Taco Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. Like that's the thing. That was the whole thing. Like or copywriting so Taco cool Tuesday. To, you know, Pippin with his kids or 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 Jordan hanging out, you know, at the beach, you know, with his friends, at the bar, hanging out at the casinos. We didn't get to see those things, you know, so it's just they were they're also human beings and I and I think like I say when you're not invited but you're there that's going to wear on you. And I think it was for him. It's like, look, if I get rid of Phil, maybe I get rid of Jordan. Maybe I get, maybe I break this up. I'm not going to have to deal with the same bull crap, you know, that I've been living with for all this time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jerry Krause is, is a, is, is a, he's a character that, you know, in this, in this play or saga that was the Chicago Bulls in the nineties, I think that is, Due to the fact that he's not here, you know, defend himself, I think it, you know, his his legacy is going to go tarnished by about you know by this this by this uh, episode or by this documentary. But is it is it just? Is it fair? Who knows? I mean, we weren't there. Um, I kind of you know I kind of at the end of it, I saw him as a tragic figure um, because of I know you see you were, you were just talking about. Um, you were just talking about um you were just talking about the fact that um you know the way Jordan treated him the way Pippen treated him uh it's just you know you saw him as a tragic figure and i just think it was you know um it was a little crash was it crass cat crass crass there you go crass um that that you know that Jordan and and and, and them were uh how do you say it's Stomping on a man's grave, but I mean, is it justified? Who knows? Yeah, it, it's one of those deals where you know you can't say he didn't do something great in his life. That's that's exactly. that's an ultimate deal. He did. He put together a really great team, but you know, it's just one of those things where you know you're not always going to be the it guy, and you know, for whatever reason, be it you know that he had to be that front guy of being the the the. The, the mean guy, I guess, is that, that's how you want to paint him. But, you know, again, you know, we're all men. We all got egos, man. And, 
sometimes you can cope with it and sometimes you can't. And I, like I said, I think, you know, obviously when it's, it's rolling and it's going, you know, you can justify things by saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to save some cash. Man, if he did that today, if, if he said <laughs> LeBron wants to stay, but I think it'd be best if we went in another direction. If they, I mean, not just the players there. Just imagine there are seven guys that don't really like you, right? And they're all there. He would have had millions of tweets and Instagram posts. I mean, he, they would have killed him. I mean, it would have been it would have been a horrible deal. So, no, I just you know, like I said, he did some great things, lived a great you know, had a great basketball career. But uh, yeah, that that was definitely the wrong move. All right, guys, Royal had to actually go. Uh, we want to thank him for coming on, um, for coming on for this episode, the special edition. Um, Hopefully we can have Royal, Royal on again, and I think you know, great conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. But let's you know, let's let's see, let's uh, let's cover the you know the final figure of of this documentary, the one that you know the reason you know it was it was it was created. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna cover a different angle. I'm gonna cover. Everybody knows the greatest of Michael Jordan, what he was on the on the on the on the court, and what he was. You know, globally, uh, this marketing genius or, or marketing figurehead of you know what the Jordan brand is. Let's talk about the negative aspect of Michael Jordan. I just, I want to address that because um, people have this conversation nowadays. Would that fly? What would he? Would if the things he done did? I'm sorry. Back in the day, would it have flown? You know, fly now? Is the, the his actions. I mean, they can all. We can obviously talk about the um, the way he treated people. Um, granted, Jerry Krause being one of them, uh, his teammates getting in fights with teammates. Uh, that we talked about Horace Grant earlier. You know, telling the flight attendant um, uh, that Horace ain't gonna eat. You know, don't give him food because he. You know, he ain't gonna. He didn't do have a good game. You know, <coughs> putting people down, tearing people down. Um, game in, game out. You know, being that, um, I think he uh, there was an interview with what's her name, sixty minutes, or she was um, she's married to Mori Povich. I can't remember the 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 the. the she the Asian reporter. lady. The Asian lady, yes, I forgot her name. Um, he had an interview. She asked him, "Do you have Connie Chung?" There you go. Um, yeah. she asked him, "Do you have a gambling gambling problem?" He said, "No, I don't have a gambling problem. I, I can." Obviously, I can stop gambling when I can, but you know, you don't see me poor. You don't see me, you know, you know X, Y, and Z. He's all, but I have a competition problem. And then there was another uh, another issue with Judd Bushler uh, saying that they're on a team plane, and you know, him and him and him and I think B.J. Armstrong and I think he said Steve Kerr or Don John Paxson were playing twenty one for you know dollars, right? And the back of the plane, obviously, Jordan and them were playing. You know, playing for larger amounts of money, Jordan comes up to the front of the plane and he says, "You know what? Uh, hey, can I play?" And they're like, "You don't want to play. I mean, we're only playing with, you know, ones." He's like, "You know what?" He's like, "It doesn't matter." He's like, "I want if I beat you, I want to know that I have your money in my pocket." And that's kind of you know, that's the asshole. You know, being an asshole like you don't have to be a you know, you don't be a dick. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to do that, right? We're teammates. Was because obviously, obviously, all this has been corroborated. Because Jordan wouldn't let all these stories come out. 
uh, especially with the what's his name, Scotty Burrell. Even you know him the way he treated Scott. Um, Jordan wouldn't let these these things come out because he always obviously had the final say in this documentary. Is it fair to say that Michael Jordan is what we tell our kids not to be nowadays, right? About bullying and the way things had you know um, the way things you know are now. Is he a great example for children today? I don't. I don't know if you could say he's a great example for <clears throat> kids as far as just your social life. I think this guy is somebody. If you, if you're talking business, you're talking sports, and I and when I say business, I mean the entertainment business. I don't mean like business in the corporate office or business in you know an office setting is basically what i'm trying to say but i think when it comes to entertainment which is what sports is i think it is entertainment i think it's high level especially when you talk about you know professional basketball players um i liked how he behaved i think it was i think it was great um what, had I been on the other end of it, obviously I wouldn't have liked it. But I understand that when, 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 when you play, when you play on a team, everybody knows who the dog is. Everybody. It doesn't take a long time. You usually figure it out within that first practice. Um, for Michael, it was obviously a lot different. Guys didn't. You didn't need a practice. You knew when you came in there who the man was. And I think with Jordan, what he didn't uh, want. He demanded out of you every practice, every game was greatness. That's what he wanted. And I think that's what you want when it comes to entertainment. You want the guy, the girl, whoever, you want them to be at their best 100% of the time. Um, did he go about it in a rough way, in a way that maybe um, rubbed some guys the wrong way? Absolutely. I think absolutely. Um, could he have been like Phil Jackson and could he have been sweeter and softer and prayed with him and meditated? He could have absolutely did that. But I think again, with him and his in sport, when you're that dominant and you're that great and it's working for you and that's what gets people motivated and gets them going. Uh, Cause you got to remember he had to create stuff for him to get going. Right. So he's the one that's making up stories about things so that he can get motivated and get pumped up so he could go and go out there and destroy his opponent. So I think for him, he kind of looked at it like, look, I'm going to make sure that I get these guys completely tight. They're not going to budge. It's uniform. I'm going to make sure that they're always on guard because they have to be ready all of the time. I, I, didn't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, like I said, if you're talking about, do I want my kids to be that way? Again, if it's in sport, you know, I want them to be as dominant as they can be. And if that's what they think, again, if that's what they think is going to get their other players motivated and want to play for them, then fine. But you do have to preface them and say, look, the caveat is father time hadn't lost a fight. So when you get done playing and it's all said and done, and you laugh with these guys, and you blood, sweat, and tears with them, they might not want to hang out with you now that it's over with. They may not like you. They may not have the best things to say in interviews about you when it's all said and done. So 
you know, you got to pick, you got to pick your battles and you got to figure out, you know, what's the best course of action in that time and in that moment. And like I say, for me with sport, that's what it is at times. Sometimes you get yelled at, you know, sometimes you might meet the guy or the girl on the team that's, they're able to pull you to the side and say, Hey, look, man, you can do this, this and that. That wasn't Jordan. You know, Jordan was going to get in your face, tell you how it was, you know, call you some names, get on to you, make sure you understood what, where your place was and, he was going to keep it moving, and and it and for me, it worked. So, um, yeah, it's it's a different when you ask about kids. Like I say, it's a little bit different um, because you know they're they're on a they're just on a different level emotionally as it is, anyways. Because the people that they're they're going to talk to might not be able to handle uh, what a grown man uh, can handle. And that's the thing. The reason I bring it up because obviously, kids. Uh, hell, let's talk about high school kids. High school kids that they're going to understand what's going on. Have watched this documentary, so are. I'm not saying are they going to get a negative, con, you know, negative connotation. Is that was that the right phrase? Um, of thinking that this is right, you know. I mean, you have a daughter that's you know playing high level, high level football, soccer or football. I mean, we need to clarify because we're talking about. Anyways, you wouldn't want her to be doing the things that Michael Jordan did, right? No, and I, and I think that's the thing. Like, I, I wouldn't expect her at 14 to talk to her 14-year-old friend that way. But I think, again, if she, if she got to, let's say she got to a professional level. Okay. And at that point, it, it, does, it, is, now, it is now a business. It's no longer just fun, right? It is mm-hmm. going to be fun when you're younger, and that's it. But when, you're, when, you, when it becomes a point where now we're, we're playing, we're getting paid, there's championships on the line to where our careers after we play are now at stake. Um, and she has that mentality of, I don't want anybody to ever black off. I don't want anyone to ever lose focus. If she goes about it and that's, that's the ultimate outcome is championships. I can't argue it. Mm-hmm. The, the problem, the problem I have where, where the problem would come is if look, you're beating your head against a brick wall. You're, you're cussing people out. You're yelling at people. You're slapping. You're punching them in the face. And, you know, he's punching Steve. And, you know, you're, you're calling people out. You're, you're doing all these things. And it's not translating into wins. You know, you got to take a look in the mirror and say, look, as great as I am, the motivational pull that I have is not going very far. So, again, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you have to look at it and put it into context. And I think that if you can put it into context and say, look, this is grown men, 25, 30 year old men, you know, going into battle, you know, trying to put on a show and win games. And this guy is not arguably at that point in time, he knows he's not just the greatest basketball player. He's, he's besides Michael Jackson, maybe he's probably the most popular human on the pe- on the planet and he, mm-hmm. he's probably up there right now and so that's not going to land on your shoulders and not grow into this ginormous ego it's it's impossible i i think i think that's why a lot of these guys look at the tigers of the world it's like i can have any girl that i want obviously that didn't work out for him <laughs> if you look at, you look at jordan it's like I can gamble however I want. I can talk to people however I want. 
you know, those those guys, I can't. I I've ne- obviously never been at that that level. Those guys just think, you know, there's nothing that you can tell me because I I'm the man, and so I've been the best on my high school team. But again, that's not my NFL team where I know I'm the best that's ever played, and you know whatever I say is going to be gold. So. No, I think, again, you have to kind of, I think Charles Barkley said it best when he said, you know, we're not role models. The, the, these entertainers, that the ones that get paid the big bucks, because they don't all get paid the big bucks, but those guys and girls, if they can ascend to, to be good, that's one thing. But when they can ascend to be the greatest, um, it's a different type of conversation and it's probably a different way of going about things. Probably the, 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 the only one that I've seen uh, not be this way, and I cannot wait until the guy retires, is Tom Brady, Tom Brady because I've never heard him go off. I've never heard him. He, he's just a smiley. And you know what? I'm just going to say it now. We can whatever number of podcasts we're on. When he does re- retire, hopefully we're still blessed enough to do this. I don't think it's all real. I think there's a lot of anger and hate and resentment especially because of the way that he's gone uh, now to a different team. But, but anyway, no, I just think that Jordan is something that um, it's unique. It's, it, it could potentially be a one-off. I don't know. There could be another great. You never know. But, uh, yeah, it's difficult to, to not explain that to your kids without putting it into context. I, I guess after this, I, now that I have children – I have to also uh, take that in consideration. Like yourself, um, you obviously you have a, a, a kid that's not you know in sport now, um, so she's gonna you know deal with it. You're gonna deal with it a lot sooner than I will. I will. I couldn't tell you how many. I mean, how many times I said I loved Michael Jordan's killer instinct. I love it. I love that that when it all costs. I'm going to do whatever, and I'm not going to accept anything less than your best. I'm going to get the best out of you. Um, But then you see, you see see and hear these stories, uh, the way he treated people. And you saw it too sometimes when he started treating some fans, right? Um, The way he would, um, the kids would like, they'd bring a kid up to him, sign an autograph, and he wouldn't recognize the kid. And these are videos back in 98. You know what I mean? Uh, he just like, get get whatever piece of paper that they're giving him, sign it. And they'd rush him, you know, rush him through. And I understand you're this big, you know, this world figure. But to be so unconditioned to the human aspect of people, you know, not to recognize people, right? You know? And just be so concerned of yourself, and I think that's the biggest thing, and I've come out of it, is Michael Jordan is probably the most selfish person in the world, you know? Um, I think there's, you know, they they talk about him and his first kid, that he didn't really think that the, the first kid was him, his, you know, because obviously of, of all the affairs that he's had and had before he got married and obviously the ones that he's been now, and that's kind of a surprising thing that they didn't cover in this documentary, is is Michael Jordan's infidelity, which a man's business is none of mine. I'm sorry, um, but I think Michael Jordan's probably the most selfish person because all he does is think of himself and not not 
the team. And I think that's something that I I, I came out of it. Um, he's my favorite basketball player. He's always my he'll always always be my favorite athlete, other than um, other than Derek Jeter, right? Derek Jeter's up there, but uh, the two the two probably the two polar opposites when it comes to personalities. Um, even though Derek Jeter's a champion, multiple champion, uh, I just I did, I had some reservations after I watched it. Even though every every moment on the on the court, my hairs were standing up because I remembered it. I remember the greatness that Michael Jordan was, but hearing the seeing and hearing the way he treated people off the court, um, and these maybe these people he didn't respect. I don't know, but sometimes you have to put on you know, sometimes you just have to be. I don't know. Just I had a. I had a bitter taste in my mouth after watching it, when it when it when it came to that. Um, did Jerry Cross deserve what he you know what he deserved? Um, I I just I don't think he did. You know what I mean? A guy didn't have to be picked on. Uh, you know, probably Jerry Cross was bullied all his life, and then when he made it big, he made it to this position. He's a GM. You know how most people, you know how most kids are bullied. They get to you know positions of higher power, right? And they're thinking, well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to show those guys that you know that when I was I was younger, you know, I'm going to show them and then you come up to a man like Michael Jordan and it's just like it's just like middle school, high school again. Um and and that's not a way a grown man should act. You shouldn't act like that. I mean, you should be better than that. And that's the, that's what I came out of it and Scottie Pippen as well. Or hell, whoever whoever player, you know, whatever other player you know, treated Jerry Cross that way. And again, I'm not a Jerry Cross apologist, guys. I, you know, I, I don't agree with the way he broke up the Bulls, but you saw that that human aspect that I think Michael Jordan lacked or lacks. I don't know. I don't know the man personally. I don't know how. I mean, you saw that thing with his security guard, Gus, right? Uh, the, that basically became his father figure, right? Uh, in, in, in the documentary. Uh, obviously, it seems like the man has passed away because his widow was on his was on the documentary. But you just it, it was it you don't it was was it the fact that he didn't want to let people close to him to disappoint him or what? What was his driving force to be so bitter and so petty? And you saw it like he made shit up about some uh, like you said a guy would you know uh, there was a kid that uh, uh, a rookie that scored. 34 points on him or something like that, and Michael Jordan had a shitty night. And then he claimed to the press, he lied to the press, saying that this guy, this rookie, said, hey, good game, Mike, you know, when Michael Jordan had a shitty game. And then the next night, because it was a back-to-back, they go and the dude, and Jordan scored what the rookie scored in the first half. You know, that's what he's saying. But it's this made-up, you know, like, why did you have to lie to the press? Why did you have to lie saying that this guy, this guy made, this guy said shit that you know he didn't, you know what I mean? And he let he let people believe that for so many years, just like the flu game, that the, you know you you let people believe a lie for so many years, and then now you go on this documentary and say, well, technically it wasn't the flu, it was, um, it was pizza, pizza, right? pizza, and then now you're hearing another thing that he was gambling, um, he was he was in Vegas gambling. So what do you believe about this man? And this is the thing. I just go ahead, go ahead. I just think that's that's what I mean when I say like you can get to be good, and then when you when you become great at what you're doing, 
you have to create stuff to motivate you because there's nobody better than you. But you got to stir up stuff. You got to make up stuff. You got to because there's not if it's one of those things where I, I've heard so many stories of basketball players that played against him that they would they wouldn't even talk to him because they knew he was waiting for you to say just anything. He just needed anything to get him going. And then once you said anything or once you started speaking, the, the one of the best is Kevin Garnett's. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but if you get a chance, listen to Kevin Garnett's first experience of oh, him having I a great game Michael Jordan. It, it was great because Jordan – he thrived off of creating the narrative and then being able to go out and then crushing it because he was an underdog. That's where he began as an underdog. Couldn't make the team, wasn't good enough, went home, cried to his mom and then said, I'm, it's never happening again. Even if you look at when he went to Carolina, when he got to Carolina, there's a story that Jordan tells not in this documentary, I don't believe. I haven't gone through the whole thing. But in a different one, he talks about how when he got to Durham, there was a cover, uh, uh, an ESPN or Sports Illustrated cover with James Worthy on it and a couple of other players. I think Sam Perkins was another one. And he was not on that cover. And it killed him. It motivated him so much. You, If you listen to Worthy now, it took about two weeks for Worthy to realize that he was the best player ever. So I just think he's always going to and, and not now because he's done playing but when you get to a certain level and there's no person that's going to be able to drive you <clears throat> you start driving yourself and that's dangerous because now you're creating shit you're you're stirring up stuff that didn't even happen just so you can go out and do something great there are stories of michael jordan literally telling the flight attendants not the flight attendants but the baggage folks at the next flight that he was going to land on what baggage to take off because he would bet the guys on the flight he was leaving on what what we're, let's bet to see whose luggage they're going to take off first and he already knew who was going to win but he just had to win he had to dominate didn't matter if it was monopoly talk talk to charles barkley about michael jordan and playing games didn't matter what it was some people and i think jordan's one of those people i don't care what i have to do i am going to be the best the best at whatever it is even the baseball story i don't know if you guys have, have seen or heard or listened to the baseball story he was getting there which is crazy like if the season doesn't go on strike he probably makes the freaking white socks which is insane but that's the type of drive that the guy had so you know i don't think he was the most selfish i think the one of the one of the more humbling things that he would have to do and he probably agreed to this day is letting the triangle offense be implemented but I think, again, if, if it's a situation where the triangle doesn't work, I think Jordan's asking to leave. You know, he realizes, oh, it works, it's great, and I can still score, and I can still go to all-star games, and I can still get shoe deals. All right, this triangle thing's going to be okay. Um, I think at that point, you know, that's, that's something. But I think, again, to his character, you know, to the point of the, the baseball thing, you know, he's riding on the bus. He could have flown a jet to every game back and forth, spent all kinds of fuel money, but, you know, he got on the bus. So, no, I, I, I think, again... Jordan has several layers um, to him, but I think what's on top, the cherry that's on his cake, is I, I'm I'm the alpha male, and you you will never win the narrative, <laughs> you will never win the argument, and if you do, it's just gonna drive me nuts. 
and I'm and I'm gonna figure out a, a way to get you, uh, you know, sometime soon. I just I just think that's what that's what drives him. That's what fuels him from beginning to end. No, I and that I agree upon. That I agree is that he is the ultimate alpha, and they. I mean, even his fifties right now. Yeah, even in his fifties right now, he's the ultimate alpha male. I mean, I'm pretty sure <coughs> LeBron can only candle this guy as the alpha male. And skill wise, skill wise, I mean, and, and a lot of people are gonna get pissed at me. As skill, as skilled as a skilled athlete, LeBron, I would say, heads and shoulders above Michael Jordan. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people get caught up in like who he is, and so they're like. A lot, a lot of older cats are like, there's no athlete like him. I, I don't think you can't like if you're if you're saying athletics, like you have to agree that there's a lot of athletes that are in that same realm. Yeah. You just have to tie that into basketball. So yeah, I think people get lost and they're they're trying to they they think that when people say LeBron's a better athlete or or this guy's a better athlete, like there are guys that are just as good as athletes. Like yes. Jordan was a freak athlete, like a freak. You jump out of the building. Out of those now, like yeah. we have a lot of people, like, like I don't know if it's evolution or medicine or what, but a lot of people are freakish athletes. It's just that he was able to control and dominate on a basketball court. But yeah, a- athleticism has, I guess you can use the word evolved, and you can put a lot of people uh, in that category for sure. But to be a great player, you have to have the men- yeah. the mental aspect, and I think that's, that's that's where Jordan. And that's that's the thing that 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 separates Jordan and the field. I would not say I'm gonna put I'm gonna put LeBron in the field because he's part of the field. Uh, that's what separates his man is um, is his mental aspect, and the, the closest thing we can come to it is is, is probably Kobe. And then we we talked about the, that before, <clears throat> but you know, getting back to this, I loved it. I love the show. I'll, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll rewatch it. It's on on demand. I'll rewatch it. Get you know, find something that I probably missed. Um, but I like the fact that it did show Jordan in a, you know more human. You know, it's not the it's not the I want to be want to be like Mike um, narrative. You know, we saw what Michael Jordan really you know, who he was, who he's who he was on the court and who he was off the court and what made him great. And obviously, people <coughs> in the documentary affirm that. Am I correct, DC? No, absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, I rumor was that it was supposed to come out in June or July, but mm-hmm. with everything going on, I mean, they put it out now, and I know I'm grateful for it. You know, you can only go through so much on Netflix and that, but be able to really get a behind-the-scenes look at I mean, he was one of my favorites to watch. I mean, it was there was no question about it. If if there was a game on and Jordan was playing, just sit down and you're probably going to see something you've never seen before. And I think that was that was what for me made him so special. Not just the fact that he won championships, you know, he did that in spades, but the fact that you know he was doing things that were just impossible to think about doing um, with the game that is basic. It's simple. It's one ball. Two hoops, five on five. He he made it just this a whole nother thing to where this, you know Space Jam was a was was a thing, and and I think it was understandable because of because of who he was. I, I hope LeBron doesn't screw that up, but 
I uh, I def- definitely enjoyed the the part to to where I am. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to finishing it up. All right, guys, uh, that's just a hell of a hell of a pod. Um, special thanks to Royal from the Road Nose Podcast. Um, yep. Thanks for him for coming on, and you know we had a, we had a great session with him. Um, but you know, guys, um, like 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 we always say, we we'll see you until next time. Uh, thanks, Ro, again. Um, Mark Hutchison with the South Texas Trainwrecks and the Pink Floyd Podcast. Victoria Montsevice with the Alice in Wonderland food truck here in South Texas. Uh, support local, go local, but be careful, guys. Wear your masks. Take care of one another. We're a community. And Lucky Diaz, where you at? Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I led you to believe it was easy when it wasn't. Maybe I made you think my highlights started at the free throw line and not in the gym. Maybe I made you think that every shot I took was a game winner. That my game was built on flash and not fire. Maybe it's my fault that you didn't see that failure gave me strength. That my pain was my motivation. Maybe I led you to believe that basketball was a God-given gift and not something I worked for every single day of my life. Maybe I destroyed the game. Or maybe you're just making excuses. <laughs>